We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're talking contrarian paths to supercharged tournament high stakes teams on Rotoviz Radio. What's up, Rotoviz? Welcome into the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Curtis Patrick. I'm joined by Dave Cabin. We're holding it down, baby. And then we're in July. Camp is around the corner, Dave. Like, it's getting real, man. Like, grind, grind season is upon us, not just from a content production, but also from a fantasy draft uh, perspective. Because we're not just writing, we're playing. That's what we're all about at Rotoviz. We we like to play, we like to win. Uh, we're not just creating content. And I mean, th- this is going to be a fun episode to highlight some recent work from one of the elite fantasy football players uh, at our site. And Dave, I don't, I don't know about you if you've gotten that high stakes itch yet. I entered a couple fantasy uh, uh, football uh, contests over at FFPC today, that the best ball tournament, um, and also their fantasy pros championship, which now has a $1 million uh, top prize. It, uh, many of the listeners were familiar with the the football guys, FPC that they had for many years. This is just a new iteration of that old contest. It's kind of a mirror contest with uh, additional entries um, that, that sits below the main event in terms of uh, prestige and purse. But man, it's got a seven figure uh, top prize now. So I, I, I've got the itch, man. And I scratched it a little bit today with, with two entries. I'm hoping that you're getting that itch too because we need to start drafting some teams for the pod. Yeah, we, we really do. No, I definitely am. I am now at the point where I am maybe once or twice a day having that conversation with myself about how much money can reasonably get fronted <laughs> right now across yes. platforms and different league types and contests and what have you, um, which is a battle that I inevitably lose the closer that we get to September 8th, 10th, that time frame. But the great thing is there's plenty of coverage to help me secure those investments. Yeah. We've had yeah. it coming out on the site. We're going to be breaking down more of it. Um, a lot of good things on the way. So yeah, we're starting to get very pumped over here. All right. So um, yeah, let, let's get a drop and we're going to highlight some of the recent work by some of the guys on the site. <laughs> I swear to you guys, it is not shtick. 
<laughs> we get the wrong drops. So uh, that is just, it's, it's part of the charm of the show. It and is. If you haven't, haven't come to know that over the past several hundred episodes with Dave and I, that is not shtick. Um, so Sean really kicked things off at the beginning of the month. Uh, he had a great article called Turn- Tournament Champion or Crash and Burn, Evidence uh, for and against a contrarian best ball play. He's really highlighting the quarterback position there. You know, I think the trends this year across platforms have been towards honoring the upside of the elite QBs. We've seen those ADPs jump up this year. Um, really, until last year, we had really prescribed to what we call window QB, which was, you know, trying to get a pair of quarterbacks kind of in those late single digit, early double digit rounds and making sure that you get the right ones. Sean looks at, you know, the relative merits of those strategies as well as looking at the three late QB strategy. You're going to want to check that out for sure with all of the attention um, that the quarterback position has gotten. I'll make sure to tweet that out and include it in an email later this week, uh, published uh, just before the holiday in case you missed it. In this episode, Dave and I want to focus on the tight end position with those recent entries in the FFPC format, which of course is tight end premium for those of you that have played there before. Uh, you know, Connor O'Driscoll, I mean, he is royalty in uh, the best ball tournament community. He won the FFPC best ball tournament in 2021, a year in which Rotoviz also placed second, a, a multiple owned team by Sean and Calm Kelly, and I think Blair Andrews, yep. amongst others. Um, so Rotoviz taking first and second in that contest uh, last year. And then Connor actually got multiple teams through to the finals again in 2022. So this guy really understands how this tournament works. And he shared a little bit of the special sauce that has worked for him uh, in his article that published um, yesterday on the site. It's called A Contrarian Path to Supercharge Elite Tight End Builds, Keys to the 2023 FFPC Best Ball Tournament. So Dave, I'm going to highlight a couple things that Connor mentioned, yep. then share to you what I've done in these two drafts I entered today, get some feedback from you, see where I, maybe you uh, would coach me to go along with uh, applying some of Connor's recommendations. So a couple things that he notes in the article. Um, he thinks that one of the most exploitable edges in the FFPC best ball tournament is going too early tight ends two and not just too early but two elite tight ends making sure that those tight ends that that you draft actually do end up separating from the pack uh we can note that on both of his teams that made it through to the finals last year um he had travis kelsey but then he also had george kittle on one of those teams and he had tj hawkinson on one of those teams one of those squads in the final actually ended up using uh, in the semifinal week, rather, ended up using three tight end scores because it was a Tyler Higby blow-up week. So mm-hmm. he ended up using a tight end uh, in the tight end spot and then a, a tight end in both of the flex spots uh, on those squads. And, you know, he's got so much great information in this article. One of the most powerful statements that I thought uh, he included is, it is almost never too early to take your second tight end and tight end premium and specifically uh, over at FFPC. Despite this clear and obvious edge, 72% of elite tight end drafters, so those drafters taking a tight end before round three, waited until after round uh, round seven to select their second tight end. And so basically three quarters of drafters who were going early tight end 
didn't follow it up with a second early tight end. And so they lost their potential um, to really create that separation that's needed in a, a large field tournament like this. I mean, Dave, I'm looking at this win win rate above and below draft position uh, graph that he's got in here. And that thing is just almost entirely green at the tight end position through the sixth round. It's really remarkable. I, you know, I have a feel mm. for going um, double early tight end that, you know, I've liked how those teams have done when I've looked at it, but I've never done the research to the level that, that Connor does. And he's really going back five years in this contest. This data is from 2017 through 2022. So, and, and it's, it's just repeated year after year after year. So, I mean, a question that I would have is, you know, is this data surprising to you that it's an underexploited strategy? And then, and then two, I mean, have you, is this a strategy that you've used or found any personal success with? Sure. So the first part of that, I'm actually not that surprised to find that. And one of the major reasons for that is in a lot of the work that I was doing, looking at the underdog tournaments, you could actually see that there was an importance in recent years in getting two strong tight ends. Now, maybe not as strong as we're talking about in this context, but when you keep in mind that in these contests, it's the 1.5 point per reception for tight end in comparison to that league where it's just half point PPR, you can see how in, a, in an adjustment for a contest like this, it would be uh, pretty important. That said, I was not expecting to see on some of these charts just how visually compelling it really is and how clear uh, when you look through Connor's research, it becomes that this is something that is definitely one of these more solid strategies uh, out there for these types of leagues. Um, the other thing that kind of stands out to me too is I think on some level, it really speaks to how good Travis Kelsey has been in that time frame because a lot of those five years, you have him being a major factor in a lot of the success that we've seen. Now, we expect that to continue throughout this year. So I think that this is a case where, uh, you know, you can still count on Travis Kelsey in that range. I think Mark Andrews, TJ Hawkinson are also guys that are going to continue to put people that go with this strategy uh, into a successful position. Plus, you have George Kittle. And then the other thing that I like this year is there's a couple more tight ends. Um, like we talked about Dallas Goddard, who could flirt with some of these very strong finishes and make up these teams where you have multiple tight ends being very usable members of your roster every single week. I have used some of these builds in the past, had pretty good success, nothing quite like Connor has. Um, and I think even in FFPC redraft leagues uh, in recent years, I've leaned more towards getting two solid tight ends on my team. And in those leagues, it has worked out as well. So I think in FFPC best ball leagues, uh, where this is one of the um, types of strategies that I think people really have trouble committing to, it becomes even more um, uh, viable. Yeah, the the... Okay, so I, I'm right in line with you there. Um, we've got to we've got to qualify some of this though, because what this doesn't mean is you should necessarily run into your next draft and take like Travis Kelsey and then follow it with Mark Andrews. Sure, yes, um, Connor yeah. does a great job of explaining how to practically ap apply the data uh, that he found, and there's not as much evidence that going tight end tight end to start the draft right. is going to lead to that success. So this isn't necessarily an endorsement for bully tight end blindly. 
What it is an endorsement for is getting that first elite tight end. So in this case, in 2023, the momentum seems to be that it's, of course, Travis Kelsey. And then with the changes to the Ravens offense, many are starting to treat Mark Andrews that way again, Mm -hmm. uh, albeit maybe a half a round below. So the strategy looks like, in my opinion, taking one of those two guys and then following it up with a second elite guy, uh, elite capable guy, I should say, before the end of round four. So you're going to go two tight ends early and then follow it with a third strong tight end, uh, maybe in the first 10 to 12 rounds. Um, But you're not going to go tight end, tight end to start. And you may not even want to risk going tight end um, and then something else and back to tight end in round three. It might make sense to go tight end in round one or two and then follow it with round four. And you've really got to do a good job of if you're going to play in volume, maybe mixing up some of the exposure to the guys in the range that could reach that elite level. Hawkinson obviously was one of those guys last year. His ADP has been driven up this year. Um, so it's going to cost you a little bit more to play that, but you still probably could. But as I look to the the mid single digit rounds of other players that I think could take that leap this year, Dave, a couple um, options that I like uh, are Evan Ingram. You know, the next step with the Jags offense, Trevor Lawrence could really take that big leap this year. Of course, they added Calvin Ridley as another compliment on the outside. I just don't know how teams are going to pay attention to Evan Ingram. And he already had a career year last year. So I like his opportunity to potentially take a step forward. We also have Darren Waller uh, joining a Brian Dayball squad that doesn't really have a true wide receiver one. You could argue they don't even have a true wide receiver two. So Darren Waller could have a bit of a, a late career renaissance there with the New York Giants. And then, of course, you've got, you know, I don't know if there's an easy path to the, the same type of volume. But I think when you look for spike week potential in the playoffs, it's hard to ignore the upside of Dallas Goddard and the Eagles um, offense there. So getting one of those three guys, I think, as a tight end two, and then following it up with a David Njoku or a, a Tyler Higby or, or players from kind of that range, Pat Fryermuth also comes to mind. That's where you can build this type of three tight end monster that gives you some really unique upside. And I mean, Hey, this is tried and true. I mean, Connor's done this two years in a row with this strategy, getting some teams into the finals. So when when he talks on this topic, I mean, I, I'm just I'm I'm sitting at the table and and taking in every word at this point. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, absolutely. 
Uh, the other thing that I would note about this is in my experiences drafting this year, uh, this is one of those strategies that you can execute kind of like you were talking about Curtis, a number of different ways. Uh, and so even if you start going it, you still have a couple of outs. If one of those guys that you were thinking about adding in, uh, get selected, even though it might feel like you're choosing from a kind of condensed group of tight ends, I've found it fairly easy to execute because in underdog drafts, uh, at the beginning of the year, I was trying to employ a similar approach and then making the shift over to FFPC. It hasn't been that hard either. All right. So let's put this into, into practice on a couple of the squads that I just entered um, today. So the first one, Dave, actually is a best ball tournament. And this, of course, is um, the format that, that Connor is highlighting, and that's what he focused on in this article. I joined a six-hour slow draft, and I drew the 102. So I'm, I'm pulling up this draft. I'm like, man, I'm inspired by Connor's article. What am I going to do here? I took Travis Kelsey at the 102. This draft is getting into the late first. If we look at um, you know who's available at the end of the second round when this comes back to me, you know Mark Andrews could potentially slide there. He's really not going to. So I, I'm, I'm looking at would I draft TJ Hawkinson with one of those two, three turn picks? Connor's coached me not to take TJ Hawkinson in the second round. The question to you is, do you like TJ Hawkinson there at 302? Or do you like to wait until round four or five and then try to target George Kittle or Kyle Pitts as as the second if I'm going to follow this this build strategy? So here's 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 part of the thing, right? TJ Hawkinson this year, I'm having a lot of trouble not clicking on his name every time I see it. Uh, some of that. I think is just an affinity for TJ Hawkinson. Not so much because it always makes sense. Uh, as much as I'd like to say, go for Hawkinson. I actually think that on more teams than not, I prefer to use that upcoming pick that you would have to spend on Hawkinson somewhere else, wait and get uh Kittle or Pitts because I don't think that I could say in a broad range of outcomes that um, you have a much different picture for Hawkinson than those other two. And I'm not sure that I could tell you that I think there's a tremendous uh, amount of increased upside with Hawkinson than those other two. So I, I'm you know, feeling relatively good about my same, relatively the same about my team um, you know, in the configuration where I get Hawkinson or where I'm waiting and getting one of those other two options a little bit later. Yeah, I mean the like the scenario is are you taking Kelsey and then following it with either two wide receivers or a wide receiver and a running back? I mean, in that range, you're kind of looking at maybe having some access to Chris Olave, Devontae Smith, T. Higgins, DK Metcalf. That's kind of the range of of wide receiver that I would get probably, unless this draft goes crazy. At running back, might have access to Josh Jacobs, Ramondre Stevenson. Brees Hall, uh, you could go, you could follow early tight end with elite QB, you know, kind of tying in some of the principles from, from Sean's other article, which we're only teasing and not going into in depth tonight, but, you know, potentially follow with, you know, Jalen Hurts or Josh Allen there if I wanted to go that direction. Um, but if I take Hawkinson there, I'm only getting to pick from one of those players. And then when I get into rounds four and five, instead of taking, you know, Kittle or Pitts there, I'm dropping down into the range of, of wide receiver where it's you know, Debo Samuel, Calvin Ridley, 
Jerry Judy um, as my wide receiver two or even wide receiver one if I was going RB tight end in rounds two, three. And then uh, in round five, you know, alternatively to Pitts, it might be that Christian Watson, DJ Moore, Terry McLaurin type of range. So as I kind of piece this together, I don't like the idea of waiting that long. Um, and, and this kind of this kind of plays right into to Connor's coaching here too, not going tight end, tight end. Well, 302 is almost still kind of going tight end, tight end. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, it's, it's only two picks after that. So with, with Hawkinson being pushed up the board, I'm probably better off following this Kelsey pick with a couple of non-tight ends, um, seeing if it plays out to where I have access to Kittle or Pitts there as that second tight end and then following with a third in those single-digit rounds. So it's going to be interesting to see how this best ball one turns out. Now, I also entered a Fantasy Pros contest. I drew the 104, and I'm on the clock there. So this would not be best ball related, but I've got a decision here and I, I thought it's topical because Kelsey is still available. Sometimes in that contest, he is going earlier than the 104. That draft actually started wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver. It was Jefferson, Chase, and then Cup. So I have the option, Dave, here of Kelsey, uh, Christian McCaffrey, or Tyreek Hill. I'm curious where your thoughts are on a, a redraft draft, which position you go in for there, the, the wide receiver, the running back, or the tight end. Oof. For your first draft of the year. Oof. For the first draft of the year. So this is this is a hard one. So I think in my mind, I have to tell myself, if this were the only team that Curtis was going to be drafting the entire year, which player do I tell him to go with? And I think in that respect, I tell him to go with Christian McCaffrey, given the fact that I think he has the strongest odds out of those three of being the highest scoring player in all of fantasy, which is what you should be looking for when you have a pick in this range. Uh, so I'd love to, I'd love to make the case for Kelsey. Cause I think there's some strategy perspectives where you could, and maybe if we were talking about high volume redraft, I might be more inclined to have you start off this way here, but in the context of one team, I think you go McCaffrey. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna enter more than a couple entries into the Fantasy Pros Championship. For sure, I would like to think that I will have access to some of these players at the top, unless I just really run cold and then get a bunch of you know 109 through 112s yep. uh, with my subsequent entries. So yeah, I think that you know that's interesting. It does highlight other layer that I probably okay. should have mentioned too. That that does play into it. I would imagine. Um, that if you do a hundred leagues and uh, you know, you get your different spots where you can draft, yeah. you're going to have more opportunities to get Kelsey than you will McCaffrey. Sure. Maybe yeah, by a small margin, but it's enough that it also factors into that. Well, and the difference between you know, in a, in a redraft second lineup situation, um, you know, the difference between McCaffrey and what I could get potentially at what's it going to be to, 209 or 304 um, at the running back position versus, you know, maybe I can get Hawkinson yep. at 304, you know, playing back into what Connor's talking about and getting trying to get one of those guys that could score as an elite tight end. So I like that coaching. I'm going to go ahead and take McCaffrey there just because I don't, I don't want to take Kelsey in both of my first uh, FFPC entries of the year um, in these high, higher stakes tournaments. So 
you know, hopefully this conversation has been uh, enriching. I would really, really encourage you guys, if you've been listening to the pods all summer, but you haven't gotten into article reading mode yet, this is the time when Rotoviz really does our strongest redraft uh, and best ball work of the season. If you wait until August, sure, we're going to have our zero RB stuff out there. You're going to have my must draft, uh, must draft list out there. You're going to have more of uh, Dave's projection work completed. But right now you have the opportunity, especially as a volume player, to look at how the Rotoviz team is playing some of the edges in some of these formats, and you get more swings um, with those edges if you get going now. So if you haven't uh, re-upped or upped up for the first time at rotoviz.com, be sure to check out the website. Uh, we do have one-month subs available. We introduced that option, uh, I think, back in 2021. And, you know, it's it's been a good option for people that want to check out the tools, check out the content, but don't necessarily want to pony up for the full year. So I encourage you to take a look at it there. And if you want to get a discount on a one-month sub, you can actually just use code UNDERDOG and you'll get 50% off that first month. And you can go use code ROTOVIZ over at underdogfantasy.com and get up to $100 matched with your first deposit. So we're making it very, very easy to add ROTOVIZ to your list of subscriptions. And when you have articles coming to you, from people that have won six figures in fantasy contests, it's easy to get pretty excited about thinking about your name in the lights as the next big winner on FFPC or Underdog. So check it out on the website. And uh, Dave, we're going to be back more this week with some draft strategy stuff. Uh, I think we've got a couple of dynasty questions that have come in on Twitter. So, uh, man, we, we're going to get at it because it's July, and I think we're both pumped to, to get going. So, uh, thanks for tuning in, and we'll be back this week with more on High Stakes Fantasy. Thank you for listening to the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. Send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at DaveCabinFF and at CPatrickNFL. Leave us a voicemail at 978 615 9214 and make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.